Hey everybody, Josh Sheridan here with the Barely Legal Podcast. On today's show, we have a very special guest, Dave Decker. Dave Decker is a renaissance man. He is a uh, photographer. He is a musician. He's the lead singer and guitarist for the band Big Sad. Uh, he works locally, I believe, for Creative Loafing, shooting all of their live music. And uh, he's just one of the most interesting characters that you're going to have the opportunity to run across. So thank you for coming on the show today. Hey, Josh. How's it going, man? Thanks a lot. Very cool. Now, is this your first time on a podcast? Uh, yeah, All right. Is. So I'll, I'll go easy on you. Um, <laughs> okay, thanks. I'm trying to think how it is that I first became aware of you. Uh, at some point, I became a, a, a nerd for Ray Roa, and I remember your name coming up a lot there and then there's this other other uh incident that i always have to be very careful talking about because my colleague doesn't like to uh disclose his alter ego to people for for various reasons but uh, a attorney friend of mine uh you know leads the the band uh wolf face and at some point along the way we started talking and realized we both i mean he knew you a lot better than i did but then after that, I just started seeing you everywhere, whether it was on social media, whether it was in the, the, the rags, whether it was, you know, going to concerts and seeing you there. You just, it's like when you buy a car, all of a sudden you see everybody else is driving <laughs> that same car that you have. So um, anyway, uh, you know, I wanted to kind of go back to the beginning. We're talking a little bit about the show. Did you grow up in the, in the Brandon Claremont area or did you move there at a young age? Yeah, well, actually, I was so <clears throat> I was born in Miami. Oh, really? Um, yeah, down, down in Miami. Um I was born in Jackson Memorial Hospital. Okay. In uh, 1973, and uh, so you're just you're just a couple years older than I am. What are you? 45, 46? 46. Yeah. Okay. You look yep. good for your age. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. So born down in Miami. Uh, any siblings? Uh, no, it was just me. You're an only child. Oh uh, yeah, only child. I'm an only child too. Yeah. Love, we could talk about that. That's one of my favorite topics yeah. to talk about. That's now. like a blessing and a curse, right? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I've spent a lot of dollars on therapy and uh, anti-anxiety <laughs> yeah. medications as a result of being an only child. Um, what did your parents do? Um, okay, so my my dad, he was. Uh, let's see. About the time I was born, he was uh, he was discharged from the military. He uh he went and did his his thing in Vietnam. What was what branch was he in? Uh, he was Air Force. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, he was Air Force. He was like basically from Kentucky. He grew up in you know that like small town, you know like John Cougar Mellencamp type. Yeah, yeah. You know, kind of environment. Worked at a cheese factory when he was like sixteen, and uh, you know back in the mid sixties, late sixties, that was like you know Kennedy got us into that war, and then Johnson was you know keeping it going. And uh, it was all about being, you know, be a proud American, go to war, and all that kind of stuff. Right. And so, yeah, he, him, and his brothers did that, and um, which they they all regretted it, and uh, they all luckily came back. Um, and uh, yeah, so he came back. He got out. Actually, it was weird. He was an Air Force guy, but he got a uh, Purple Heart. Oh uh, wow! He got shot actually. He got on a plane or no? He was just on ground. Oh wow! Um, I think the uh, the airport he was in got overtaken by people. That's crazy. And so he came back, which, which actually um, kind of turned his his views around. You know, he became sure. more compassionate and empathetic towards people all over the world. You know, you realize the government's just full of shit. Is he still around? He is. No, he passed away. Hey, he actually passed away young. He was like fifty four. Oh really? So he passed in the year two thousand. And how old were you at that time? Like I was 17? like seventeen. Uh, no, I no in two thousand. No, actually, I think I was like twenty seven. Twenty seven. Yeah. yeah. Twenty seven. I'm an attorney, so I didn't have to do math. That's so. okay. You know, I lose decades. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that must have been rough. I, you know, I just lost both my parents in the past two years, and uh, oh, I'm you sorry. Know, well, you know, losing losing your parents uh, in your forties, I think, is uh, significantly different from losing it. You know, in, in your younger life, how did that how did that kind of impact you? It was pretty rough. Um, because yeah, I mean he had he had he had um, basically it was uh, it was health related issues, sure. uh, which was largely contributed. Looking back to nutrition, I mean oh, yeah. he had diabetes really bad. Oh wow! And smoked cigarettes for sure. But in the like you know the early, late eighties and stuff like that, research on diabetes was not like it is now. Cigarettes too. I remember walking around Tyrone Square Mall over in St. Pete, people smoking, and <laughs> they still had ashtrays in the armrests of airplanes. <laughs> yeah, and stuff, I know. You know. Everybody smoked, man. That's right. I, that's right. And what about your mom? 
uh mom mom's still around she's still cranking she's um she's like 74 and she actually like works from home oh wow she still live in south florida or she live up here now she's actually out in tampa okay cool so like on my mom's side of the family we're fourth generation um in this piece of land we call it um it's called like well the river used to be called palm river okay and i think the town is still called palm river but they've renamed it like the tampa bypass canal sure um a good landmark for maybe a lot of our friends, maybe a lot of your listeners would know. Uh, do you know where the Buddhist temple is? For sure. Yeah. I used to go there for uh, the, the, the brunch or whatever. Yeah, on Sundays. Have. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, like, we're, like, three houses down from that on the water. Oh, my God. Yeah, so my family, like, and they're still there. Like, my um, my grandparents' house, we actually had, like, eight acres in there. And had that cows place and is, stuff. That place is unreal. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I in around 2008, I got really into mixed martial arts, and I started doing... Uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai kickboxing and oh, cool. they kind of alerted me to that place and then I started going with my wife and uh, we lived for a, a period of time like out in Lithia that area oh, okay and so uh, we would go out there and grab some Thai food and uh, it was it was amazing you know unreal yeah, yeah. it's super cool in fact it, I was just thinking about it recently there uh, I don't know if you ever listened to the Joe Rogan podcast but um, he had a He's not called Ray Capo anymore. He's called like Raganuth Capo. But no way. He had him on. He was yeah, on Joe he was Rogan? Just on like in the past week or two. No way. And now he owns. So for, for those of you listening or may or may not know, Ray Capo was the lead singer for Youth of Today. He was the lead singer for Shelter. Yeah. He was the lead singer for a band I, I just recently learned called Better Than a Thousand. I wasn't even aware of. But I knew that at some point he got really into Krishna and Buddhism and that sort yeah, of thing. He went, yeah, he Yeah. He started that band Shelter, which was a they they dubbed Krishna Core. I saw Shelter here. Did you really? Yeah. Oh man, I, I saw him play Shelter and Fugazi. We're gonna talk about that. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, so uh, I'm sorry, I go off on tangents. But anyway, I was thinking about that temple because it's like a three hour interview between Ray and 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 Joe. No way. And he goes all through. He has his farm like up in upstate New York now, where he teaches yoga. And he takes uh, voyages over to India, takes people over there, shows them around, and he talks about. He did like six years as a monk over there, where there was. I heard that, yeah. No, not even you know, no booze, no. It was like no masturbation, no sex, no nothing. You're just sitting, no hot water, no you know anything. Wow. So interesting, but anyways, it, it got me thinking again about the uh, Thai temple. So anyways, your mom lives out there. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So my mom. So she's still there back in her place, and um, she's doing great. Like she basically works uh, for a managed healthcare company. So okay, that's yeah. great. Still in her seventies, still kicking it. Dude, my mom works from home, and like she can wear a muumuu if she wants and pull like almost six figures. That, that's <laughs> just crazy. Do you, do, you, do you call your mom like you should? Do you, are you? Do I, well, actually, it's kind of funny the way things are because of her age, you know, and her mobility and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, um, what I do is, so, like, I consider a home, like, in Tarpon Springs. Okay. Where it's just where, you know, Melissa and our daughter are. Okay. So, Melissa, I've been with, like, gosh, almost 20 years. We've been friends since we were 14. And, uh, yeah, she's the trooper. She, we're, um, <clears throat> we're basically, like, a married couple without the paper. Sure. Um. Well, as a divorce lawyer. <laughs> there's yeah. Some, I can, there, there's arguably some benefits there. So yeah, I, it's I, crazy. I, I can identify with you. Yeah, I'm like, do you, do you want to get married one day? She goes, it's the number one reason for divorce. Yeah, you can't get divorced if you weren't married. That's <laughs> yeah. 100% true. But, uh, yeah, so, like, I'm there, like, four days a week. But three days a week, um, I'm actually, I stay over there at my mom's. Oh, that's just awesome. to kind of check things out. It's my old room set up, and, like, it's kind of like this room here. It's just, there's a Murphy bed, yeah. and it's just studio equipment. Like a time machine. So yeah. you back to 16 or whatever. It's like an office for editing images and producing, like, you know, like demos and stuff. Like, I have just tons of gear in there. And Melissa likes it because it's like it's there, right? So it's not yeah, she doesn't have to step over it. She doesn't you know, yeah. trip over it. Yeah, yeah, it's not making everybody crazy. You saw the guitars in my office. That's yeah. the same reason. I, <laughs> I like, know. Should, well, part of it is get this shit out of here, and the other part is is it's harder for her to keep track how many guitars I have <laughs> I know. in the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so is photography, is that your full-time job or, or is that just something that you're doing in addition to your work? So for that's a great question. So right now I'm in a transition, right? So photography is something that um, I'm, I'm really passionate about and um, I'm trying to monetize it more um, in the real estate area. Oh, yeah, that's big. So, yeah, so right now, like, I'm basically in the process of getting my uh, my Part 107, my FAA license. I just purchased um, a, a drones. Re- really nice drone from Autel yeah. Robotics. 
And I, you know, I was, was going to go get get a Mavic, a DJI, but and th those are great, great drones, but they're just restricted. Like, Have you ever seen Greg's videos from when he was racing drones? Oh, yeah, he's badass. He's got all this crazy stuff. It looks stuff. like, uh, you know, what is it, uh, Empire Strikes Back or whatever, where they're racing around in the woods. No, Return of the Jedi, where they're racing around in the woods on those little speeders. Dude, like, that guy is like a renaissance man. He's crazy. Hey, he's the, like, the, oh, the by the way, did you know I make these action figures? Yeah. By the way, do you know I do drones? The action by figures. The... You guys just forgot about the fucking action figures, for, man. For sure. Oh, okay, can I say that? Sorry. Oh, fuck, okay. fuck, you're all, you're all good. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, yeah, I mean... There's there's people and I think you're one of them. I think Greg's one of them. There's a there's a guy, maybe we'll talk about later, named Pat Clemois, who's played in a bunch of bands over in St. Pete, uh, that make me feel bad about what I have accomplished in life. You no, know, I, I've shit. done one thing okay, but I I, th I love people who kind of occupy all these spaces and do a bunch of d different stuff well. So, but anyway. That's very cool. So you're getting the FAA license to do the drones to take the aerial photography. Yeah, yeah. So um, I've 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 got like three or four realtors that are helping me out. Um, you know, giving me opportunities to go in and shoot, um, and give them what they want as far as what you know MLS requires. Uh -huh. And um, by the I, way, talk to me after because I know a bunch, and I actually used to own a title company. So oh wow, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll talk about that. After. Cool beans. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, so uh, um, I had this thing that happened. I, you know. Uh, a few years back and before that happened I pretty much worked for myself most of my life I owned a retail business for about what type of business eight years. it was a bicycle store where was that uh, out in Brandon oh man off we of, can talk bikes too yeah it? it was off Bloomingdale Avenue who's the guy that's right here on Florida Joe Haskins yeah so I bought one of those SE fat tire uh, SE racer yeah you know, yeah one of those bikes yeah yeah and uh, I get looks from everybody in the neighborhood <laughs> right around the neighborhood with my kids trying to do bunny hops off the hills and everything. Oh, but yeah, dude. You, so, you, yeah, Joe's, Joe has is, is been in the game longer than anybody. That man. place is legit. I love he, it. I mean, he, 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 I can't, I don't even know. I was even, I was, I was hoping at one point to maybe talk him into coming here, but I don't know that he would. Dude, Joe has stories like, you know, in the old days, it was like, Joe, like, 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 like how, you know, how, how do you take care of you? And he's so cool. Everybody loves him. He's a good man. He's a good community guy. He's like, I got a shotgun underneath the thing. Oh, for sure. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he's go got, in there and rob he, Joe, man. <laughs> well, it's funny because, uh, you know, that bike you see a lot <laughs> in certain, certain subsections of the, of the community, you know, and so uh, I, I'm sure they're a hot commodity and something that, People often probably want to steal out of that back room there, but for him to kind of be there for as long as he has been is a, a testament to him. Yeah, he does. He he's he's good people, and he and he looks after the community. He looks after people. So um, you own the bike shop? What was it called? Uh, the shop. Well, the shop's still there. I sold out okay. um, to uh, to um, two other people in 2010. It's mm -hmm. called AJ's Bikes and Boards. Okay. That was my shop. Um, we were a giant specialized dealer. Oh wow! Um, yeah, we were a pretty big shop. I mean, when we opened up, we were like twenty three sixty seven on square foot, and then after that's a big shop. Yeah, well, yeah, and after the first two years, we uh, we had our friend who came, who was a, a customer of ours, was actually a builder. So we were like, the real estate market started kind of going crappy. So let me back up. Sure. Off Bloomingdale Avenue, right next to Bloomingdale High School. Yeah. There, there was a center, like a little business center there. It was like all BPO, business uh -huh. purpose only. So what we did when they were doing the build out was, um, I was basically gonna buy in '05. I was buying the inventory from another man's shop, okay. myself and my partner, which was his son. So what we did was we bought out um, the inventory, and I approached uh, the builder. I said, "Listen, we don't really need much for build out, but we want to build a bike shop." And I had it basically kind of laid out like a bar. Oh wow! So instead of having like people serving you drinks, there, there were bike stands. Sure. People, and people were wrenching. Yeah. And I had slat wall all around, so you could just like upsell, suggested sale. Stuff like that, and uh, anyway, it was it was a good it was totally good time. We had um, I had actually two partners there, um, and it was killer. We did it for five years. After two years, we bumped up to uh, four thousand square foot. Had like nine employees. Oh my god! Yeah, and we, we we were doing killer business. Hey, did you say skateboards too? I heard you say boards and bikes, bikes and boards. We did originally okay. have skateboards. Yeah. So the first there's a skate park that's not too far from there, isn't there on Bloomingdale? Yeah, I think a few years ago. Yeah, yeah they they built a concrete park out there. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, they built a park out there, and we actually stopped doing skateboards though after like two years. Yeah. Because it was hard to keep up. Like, sure. You know, and I was just like, I'm just gonna send people to the skate park and give but, you know, yeah. Brian the business. But um, yeah. So the bike shop was cool. So, but what happened was after this thing happened, um, I kind of got into this uh thing where it was uh I had to kind of come come back up from the ground up sure so i started working um actually in a stone shop 
um, for a guy. So you mentioned when you came in the uh, countertops. Yeah, That's what made me ask what you do. Yeah, I see that shit. It sounded like you, you've, you've uh, put some countertops on and some different. Yeah, sort yeah. Of, yeah. Well, yeah, I started just running a business for this guy and um, basically just, you know, do the operations in of all his production and stuff. I'm just running. And it, 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 it's pretty cool. I mean, it's pretty, for granted, it's a pretty high tech job. Are you still doing it? Yeah, I'm, I'm oh, okay. still doing it. So okay. it's kind of like bread and butter money. Well, for sure. But it's not like it's not like where I want to be for the rest of my life. I mean, yeah. after you're in business for yourself, you really don't want to be. It's hard to go backwards and work for somebody. Yeah, I mean, ultimately you're working for your client, your customer. But I can stomach that better than I can just clocking in. It's for... different. I, I get your point. I mean, that's a that's a running theme with running your own law practice. You know, I don't have a boss, but I have hundreds of client clients who are effectively my boss. But at the same time. I, I get to decide what I wear to work. I get to yeah, decide man. how late I work, when I come in, when I leave, where I go to lunch. You know, I can have a podcast if I want one or do this yeah. other stuff. And you can't do that when you're working for somebody else. So I, I get, I get what, you, what, you, what you mean by that. And yeah, and you choose your destiny. You know, your business model is your business model. It's not like this other person's in there. But, but yeah, I mean, it's a cool opportunity. You know, the, you know, the money I make is great because it helps me buy equipment. And uh, yeah, I just like shooting spaces. <laughs> it's more fun. So what came, what came first, music or photography? Um, I mean, as a kid, I always had, like, little cameras, and I always had um, guitars. And, and I don't know, I was always, I think part of being an only child is you, you're forced to get into things. So I want to talk to you about and, this. You know, because, by yourself. It's like You know Gabe, uh, I can't say his last name, but he, he's always on Facebook posting, like, on today today's history and music. Oh, yeah, he's still vinyl, vinyl Fever Gabe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I've been talking to him about coming on, and I went through this whole theory about... Yeah, he's got stories. He's good. Well, I have this theory, and I don't know that it's a rule, but I, I, I bet you there's a high probability or a high ratio of only children, children of trauma... Children of parents who have alcohol abuse, children of parents who there's been domestic violence, where music, or sometimes movies or comic books or whatever, becomes their world because they're kind of figuring out a way to sequester themselves from something else that maybe they don't want to pick up on. And, and, you know, we mentioned a moment ago about being an only child. What I've found is being an only child is you're highly empathetic to your parents, what they're going through, because you don't have siblings around yeah. to to distract you, to mirror you, or for you to mirror them, or for you to learn from, so... Yeah, you become their best friends in a way. And, and, you're, and, and you're, you feel their pain more. And you're exposed to stuff at a much younger age than probably you should be. I mean, I had a, a working understanding of my parents' relationship at a very young age. I'm talking all of their relationship. It probably wasn't the healthiest thing, but, you <laughs> yeah. know, I found solace in Metallica, and I found solace in Guns N' Roses and Nirvana and... I could go on and on from there. I was just was talking to somebody else about Ray Kappa. When I went off to UCF, I decided I was going to buy the whole Revelation catalog, and I had you know Gorilla Biscuits. You, you know, yeah. it was just that was that was my that was my drug or my distraction or my thing. It was like if I had this in front of me, that I don't have to look at this other stuff. Yeah, that stuff's awesome too. That's just such good music. It's so charged up. With so where hands. did you where did you find music in your youth? Was it friends or was it? Did your mom play and dad played in the house? Where, how did you kind of well, yeah, you, you know, develop your taste? That's a great question. So, like, uh, music always did um, kind of stick to me because it was like a, it was an escape, you know? And I think that's what it is for all of us, right? It's like, uh, it's like a, a, a way to temporarily get out of yourself and, 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 and feel a dream. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe we can realize that dream one day and make it happen. But it definitely... Um, yeah, what like more specifically, I I think I remember being like, like first music like that I really felt was like I think it was like eighties pop, you oh, know. For sure. When I was like fucking ten years old. Oh yeah. You know, like a lot of that that eighties stuff is just even like Michael Jackson, shit, Madonna, like, yeah, Duran Duran, 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 Duran yeah, Road. totally. I mean, yeah, you can, tears for fear. I, I can go. Depeche yeah. Mode was so good. I mean, you still go back to it today, and it's great. Oh yeah, for me it is. 80s pop was so good, man. And then I remember getting getting into like um, you know, like like I guess you call it like you know, like punk stuff. I remember well, I remember getting into Did like that skateboarding. skateboarding? Cuz that's usually yeah. how it happens. Right, right, right. So like skateboarding and biking cuz I used to uh, do a lot of like biking and skateboarding mm -hmm. when I was like, you know, 12, 13. So how we grew up, right? There's like Brandon and like Brandon was kind of like like where everybody was skating. But <clears throat> where I grew up, it was like in Palm River, right? Mm -hmm. So if you were into that kind of stuff, remember that like late '80s, there's no internet. 
I mean, I can remember, like, you know, the coolest thing was, like, you know, the, the, having the Terminator on VHS. Yeah. Like, oh, shit, look at Arnold Schwarzenegger killing people. Poltergeist, he, he's Terminator, a and The Shining, yeah. were, were, and Jaws were all my... Yeah, yeah. That's, that stuff was great, man. And so it was like, okay, how are we going to get out of this, like, this, like, you know, bumfuck town and go do something cool where there's, like, a city? So we went to... Um, we would just ride our bikes, and we'd go up to, like, Specs Music. Oh, yeah. And I think it was Camelot Music, too. And we used to go buy cassette tapes. And I remember the very first cassette tape I got, it was this uh, 79 to 82. It was Black Flag. It was oh, for a, sure. It was, yeah. And it was like a, it was a comp. It was Everything Went Black. Yeah. And um, and, and that and that had, like, Dez on it. It had Rollins, and it had... Um, Ron Reyes. Yeah. 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 And um, I'm pretty sure. And uh, I just remember, like, that was, like, fucking life-changing. And then it was, like... Uh, there was an agnostic front victim in pain, uh-huh. and then I remember getting um, that the first Di- Dinosaur Junior record. Oh, for sure! Oh, and, and, I am a huge Dinosaur Junior. Oh, fan. I am too, man. Yeah, well, and and we'll talk about it in a little bit. You know, I got the chance to hear your your album that's coming out now, and I I definitely hear some Dinosaur Junior in there. Yeah, maybe sped up a little bit, but but <laughs> I, I can I can hear some Jay Mascus in that guitar. Oh, that's quite a compliment. Thank you. So, well, it's funny. I don't know if this is my introduction to punk music, but I can tell you, rem- I remember thrashing, watching the movie Thrashing, and there's that scene where they're bombing the hill and they're playing the circle jerks wild in the streets. Yeah, and I was like, wow. Yeah, so me and my friends, we'd build all these ramps and go, you know, skate at each other's houses, and we would always be playing that music in the driveway and so you know circle jerks i think might have been my my entry point and then that's a good that's a good place to be remember that album called one wonderful yeah wonderful yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that shit was awesome and then right right as i was i'm trying to think right as i went so i went to saint pete i grew up in saint pete i went to saint pete high for two years and northeast high for two years but i remember i went to catholic school for first through eighth grade but when i went to saint pete high all of a sudden i saw these guys with shaved heads so you went to catholic school to like high school so yeah yeah okay and so there's guys with shaved heads and Doc Martens and suspenders and all this other stuff. And I was like, what's going on with these guys? And they were skinheads. They weren't, they weren't like, you know, Nazi skinheads, but they were kind of working the whole Ian MacKay thing. Yeah. And, and that's where I, you know, kind of learned about Minor Threat. And I think I actually, I don't know if I went backwards into Black Flag from Rollins, but I was a huge Rollins guy. I remember seeing him at the fairgrounds of the... Uh, Sausage, who was like the Primus side band, and somebody, somebody oh, else. Was he doing the Rollins band? Yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, so then that got me into got me into Black Flag, and so anyway, I could go punk all day, and then of course Fugazi, um, who you mentioned, you've you've seen them live before, and even have a, a video of you at a show. Yeah, yeah. Fug, Fug, Fugazi was life life changing, actually. Um, yeah, because of course you know as a kid you know you're like there's mi- minor threat, so. Amakai did a project called Embrace. Yeah, and um, that was before Minor Threat, right? I think I think Embrace was. If I could be wrong on this, but so I think Embrace was in between Fugazi and Minor Threat. I know Palehead was between there. He had kind of like Palehead was cool in, too with Georgia. Industrial, yeah, yeah, that shit was badass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually, when I got to meet Ian Mackay in like 1990. You did? Yeah, I got to meet him at that show. Oh my God. At that show, they hung out and I got to hang out with him and talk to him and stuff, which is funny because now if you go to DC, if you just tell him you're doing a documentary and Ian Mackay will be standing around somewhere. He's in all of them. Yeah. <laughs> He's, in every He's in all of them. But, uh, but back then it was like, oh shit. But, um, Where yeah. was the show? The, the show, that show was actually um, at American Legion Hall in, really? Ga- in, in Gainesville. Wow. Yeah, that show was in Gainesville. Um, what year was that? It was 1990. So like, what was that like? In on the Kill Taker or Red Medicine or what's the? No, that that was right before R- R- Peter came out, because oh, okay. so like they had just did there was like the you know the 13 songs was really two EPs mm-hmm. put together. Yeah. And uh, and what they they, they so they were kind of like torn on that, um, and on that tour they were playing songs off for Peter. Okay. But nothing had been released yet. God, that's 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 the prime time to see them. How was that show? Oh shit! Oh my god, it was like life changing. Like it's the reason why I fucking bought a guitar. It was like why I own an SG still. Who who did they play with? Um, Do you remember? They, they actually it's it's pretty badass. They played with a band called Stabilizer. Okay. Who's Brent from a band called Radon? Okay. And I I don't I, I think I could be wrong. I don't think Dave Rome was in Stabilizer, but like this band called Radon was like total like Gainesville like defined the Gainesville yeah. sound like. There's a book. I'll, I'll put you up on some radon. That shit's amazing. There's a book called Gainesville Punk or something like Gainesville yeah, Punk. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen that book? Yeah, that's Matt Matt Walker's book. Yeah. Okay, yeah. he's are, a really cool guy. Are they all in there? Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, all yeah. in there. Actually, my old band Claramel, because we were 
like kind of got started in bands and games with our, our band. They talk about us in there. That's bad. Well, we were have to look for you. I have to have you sign it for me <laughs> next time I see you. So uh, tell me about that show. I mean. Oh, so 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 that that show. It's like, gosh, I was like 15, and that was back in the day when you, you know it is when when you're when you're skating and you're a kid, you know, you you got to have a friend who's like old enough to drive. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're probably gonna borrow their mom's car. Right. In our case, it was our buddy Eric borrowing his mom's station wagon, and uh, so we just like were like, hey, we heard from somebody. And remember, there's no fuck, there's no Facebook, no internet. Oh yeah. It was like you when you hear about a show, it's like it's like passing kites through prison. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh my god. So we found out there's a, a show in um, Gainesville. It's kind of a Fugazi show. So we're like, Eric, you're old enough to drive. Let's go. So we just go like, all right, we go skating. And we basically take his mom's car. Don't tell her. Yeah. We drive up to Gainesville. <laughs> and uh, we get there, and we're just kids. We don't really know anybody. But what was cool about that show is a bunch of our friends from Brandon came up, too. And they got you in. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was in American Legion Hall too. It was all ages, and that's the you know Fugazi ethics are like always five bucks, always all ages. Yeah, yeah. So they wanted you know music to be available for everybody, in that regard. And you know, for the I think they largely William Mackay largely still sticks to those. And, you know, inflation I'm sure would push ticket prices up if he adheres to that. Well, you know, he's got a new band with Joe Lally and his wife, and then yeah, Joe that Lally cool. and the drummer's got the Mesthetics, who is like the rhythm section for Fugazi. They got a band. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah, that band's cool. And then uh, Guy just, I just heard him on a podcast that just came out last week, and I, I, I wish they would do one more album. I, I mean, I know, man. politically, it seems like the time's right, but, you know, I, maybe they're kind of on to, on to different things now. But If they did another, like, show on the White House lawn. <laughs> well, you see, Public Enemy's going to be doing something for, for Bernie. I mean, you know, yeah. Rage Against the Machines decided to come and do a big tour again. I, 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 th I don't think it's coincidence that it's all happening kind of leading up to this election. So, I mean, it's seeming like a lot of material it's a material rich environment right now for yeah everybody's freaking music people are primed right now like yeah. everybody's like we're trigger happy on the uh on on the descent man we, we got to freaking resist so you said you said fugazi but then you mentioned another show that you went to that that got me jealous who was it that we were just talking about um well oh, let, me, let me just say one, sure. one yeah, thing yeah. about that about that for fugazi show the heat Oh, Gainesville, Jesus. It was like crazy. Well, it's a swamp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then it was like summer, and the heat in there was so crazy that that video that you're seeing, you, you see how it's really foggy? Yeah, yeah. So our friend Troy, he actually lives in um, he, he lives in Orlando. He actually does like, he's like a pro film audio guy. Anyway, it was so sweaty that it started like sweating out his lens. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I think like nine minutes in, there's a kid who gets his nose busted open, yeah. and they tell this story. And, and, and then, then you see Joel Lally rip off a shirt, come uh -huh. down and hand it to the kid. And yeah, that's me. That's that's God. I'm the kid. You're a, <laughs> that's so badass. That's some crazy shit. You right? saw the shirt? No. So oh. here, so no. Here's the deal. Like I, all right, I didn't even want to wash the shirt. I was like, oh, I'm keeping the shirt. And at the end of the show, I'm standing there and I'm like, I'm like, it's like you know, I don't know. It was like meeting Elvis Presley. If, right. If, if it's like the the fifties. Yeah. And um, he comes up to me, and goes, Hey man, are you okay? I'm like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, Hey, can I have that shirt back? Oh wow. I'm like, oh, you really want it back? He goes, yeah. He goes, I don't really have a lot of clothes. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you can have it back, dude. Well, I but, mean, that, if you're not going to have it, that's a good reason not to have it, you but, know, as opposed to, like, your wife threw it out or it, something like that. It, it just showed, showed the humility of that band, though, and, like, how 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 amazing, what amazing people they really are. Yeah, yeah, I don't think there's going to be another one like them anytime soon. But, yeah, yeah, so that 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 show was cool. What are some other big shows that kind of uh, changed you? Um, Before you started shooting them, anyway. Yeah, I mean, gosh, geez, there, there's so many shows. Um, Everybody's got that one, though. I, I've, I've got a couple. I've talked about them a couple times. I've got my first show ever, which was Rolling Stone Steel Wheels at, at the old Sombrero. Um, my first show ever was The Stone, so how do you top that? But my, my number one show that I talk about forever was The Butthole Surfers at the State Fairgrounds. Oh, wow. Because uh, this was, this was got to be 90, 91, and... Uh, I've talked about it before, so I won't bore everybody, but he comes out, he's got his hand lit on fire, he's got a bra on his head, and he starts shooting beach balls with a 12-gauge with blanks in it over the crowd. <laughs> I was like, that would never fly today, but I was like, I, I felt like I was walking through the gates of hell. I was like, this is way different from the Rolling Stones or Pink Floyd or anybody else who I'd ever seen before. And yeah, so, that uh, band's great. Oh, they are, and they're, they're talking about coming back. Yeah, they should come back. They're fucking rad. Yeah, anyway. Um, I, 
I didn't play this show. I mean, I didn't actually attend the show, but I did play it. Um, probably one of the biggest shows, like, was actually opening for Against Me at State Theater. Oh, I, yeah. And in, like, 2006, uh, my old band Watson. Yeah. We opened for them, and it was, like, sold out, man. It was really cool. And, it's, uh, uh, and I love that band so much, so that was super awesome. Well, I like them, too. And, and the interesting thing about Against Me is when I first heard Wolfface, I... You know, one of the things that I do with my buddies' bands, I listen to them, and I was like, this is what it sounds like to me. And I don't know, you, you'd, you'd have to tell me as a musician, does, do you like to hear what you, you know, where the inspirations come from, or is it like it's my own thing that, you know, I don't want to hear about No, it? I mean, I, I think it's cool. Like, you know, this band called Super Chunk, which is like a huge inspiration for me. They um. Did you hear the Trump song? Oh, uh, what a day it is to be alive. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that song, I love that song. Dude. I, like pr pretty much like that that's like a monumental band for me too like yeah. so there's like so like scene wise for me there, there was like bands but then there's scenes too so there's like the chapel hill scene yeah. there was like the dc you know the discord scene yeah. there's the la scene um there was like new york hardcore like you were talking about um yeah it was so with like that chapel hill scene there was archers of loaf and super chunk yeah which um yeah super Su super chunk wrote this song called cool and it goes everything's borrowed everything's used yeah <laughs> it's yeah just like archers of loaf have a new one out yeah archers of loaf had that new song archers yeah. of loaf, archers but anyway so the point i was making is when i first heard wolfface i said i said to michael j wolf i was like your vocals remind me a lot of against me you yeah know, they do kind of he's kind of got that deep throaty resonance to and him their and guitars have that good jangle yeah it's like but, a crunchy jangle but so listening to your now is this self-titled or does it have a name no it's actually called send help um, send help so big sad is the band Big Sad is the band. And Send Help is the... This isn't even released yet, is it? Uh, I, well, yeah, it's actually up for pre-order. Okay. Or, and um, orders are getting filled right now. Uh, the, the label is from Dayton, Ohio. Okay. It's, it's our friend Josh. Uh, his uh, Josh Goldman. And that, that's like that's like his 103rd release. That's badass. And he's, um, and he's actually a super active... He's j not just a label dude. He actually plays in bands. He's amazing. Actually, they just played last night. Now, so I got to hear it a little bit today before you came in, and I, I told you, you know, Dinosaur Jr. And the vocals, you know, I was talking to talking to Greg, I was like, I hear Jello Biafra, and I hear almost like an Irish, like, uh, you know, like, I don't know if Dropkick Murphys is a, is a insult or a, or a compliment, but I almost hear this blue-collar Irish kind of <laughs> accent to a Jello Biafra kind of frantic vocal over the angular guitars like a dinosaur junior it's just really rad kind of how all those things play together yeah yeah it's uh it's 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 like um i don't know how to sing and not be pissed off it comes from the heart not the head i mean i think your, yeah. your music is is almost an extension of a, a deeper emotion more than an analytical you know i'm gonna play you know a you know this chord or that you know a suspended or whatever the thing may be it's almost like you're angry and beating up on the guitar when you're playing it yeah it, it's funny it's like with, with this band um the um i, I co-songwrite with um a guy named richie lawler okay and so richie and i have been in bands together uh pretty much since we started playing we How started many, what number band is this in your in your career that you let's see uh, my first band my first real band was called claramel when that was with richie sure. and my buddy don and my buddy paul and were you guitars there? I was guitar, yeah. Was that the SG? Uh, yep, SG. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Actually, I had a telly for a while, and and um, you can you can get some good sounds out of a telly. I don't, I don't know if you. Dude, I mean, I had a telly I bought from Thoroughbred Music, and I had like, like I bought it as a kid, and then it was like uh, I had like a Music Man One Ten. Uh huh. It was like when I first started. This is like ninety two, ninety three. Um, yeah. So we did Claramel, and then I was in a band called. Uh, I've been in like little like kind of I was in a band called El Jefe where okay. where Richie played drums and our good friend Jeff London sang. Then I was in a band called um well a band called Watson with Jeff Brower who who's from like Old Vices and all these good bands. He's an amazing guy to, to work with. And uh we did a band called Watson which was Richie and then um the Claremel drummer. And then we did a band called um Vaginosaur Jr. Vaginosaur Jr. Yeah. Awesome. Which I kind of hate the name, but I don't know why it's stuck. Yeah. So and we put out two records. Oh, really? Yeah, we have two full links out. Um, that band was with Richie also, where he wrote songs. So, and then we did a band called Sansper City. Okay. Which kind of like is Richie and me again and Don. It's all the Claremel people. Uh-huh. But it's um, different order of members. Okay. So Richie was based in Sansford City. So about two years ago, I had these songs, and I just wanted to be able to just move around more. 
So I was like, I started working with the Tim version drummer. A what? There's a guy named Sean Watkins. Okay. So the drummer there is from the Tim version. Okay. His name's Sean Watkins, and he's just a beast. Uh, I, think, I think Greg's told me about him. Oh, God, he's yeah, amazing. Yeah. He's yeah. such a brilliant drummer, and he's in, like, four bands locally. Right. And, dude, what's so crazy about the way he plays is he's in four bands, and uh, he has a distinct style in each band. Right. He's, like, that kind of a drummer. That's awesome. And it, what's great about him is his dedication is there for each band, too. It's it's like he's so good at compartmentalizing right. how he does things. It's really great to work with. That's like, badass. Super, yeah, really fortunate. In fact, like, the sound of that... This band, the project was like originally was a three-piece project. Is really largely equal parts. So like, I credit him for helping me compose a lot of things like structure-wise. And then Richie and I, when I started doing it, was just Sean and I. And I and Richie goes, "Hey, can I write some stuff?" I was like, "Fuck, dude, this is your thing too." Like right. we've been writing for how long? So actually, he sings on three songs. Oh wow. Yeah. So he sings, and then I'll just back him. And then when I'm singing, he'll back me. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was some harmonies in there, and. He, I, I, I said to you, you might think I'm crazy, but I, it almost, it almost, there was one song, I think it was the first one on the thing that you sent me, but I, a part of it sounded like R.E.M. to me, like a punkier R.E.M., which I, I'm a big oh, I'll fan. take that. I love R.E.M. Yeah, Peter Buck and Michael Stipe, when they used to harmonize. Yeah, when bad. you start asking about old bands, it's like I forget about genres, too. Like, gosh, I remember getting into, like, every R.E.M. record back in the 80s, too. At the Amazing. same time, I'd be listening to, like, um, I'd be listening to, like, I don't know, like, some, you know, New York hardcore band. And have like you know a DC band going, you know like Grey Matter or something, yeah, and, and like have like you know a Pixies record, and like a Sonic Youth record. Oh sure, well, Jawbreaker record, and then like REM would be straight in there with Murmur and all those records. One of my greatest memories is we, my parents took us on a, a road trip up to his. My dad's uh, sister lived up in Albany, Albany, so we drove up to Albany, and I remember in Georgia, Albany, Georgia, no, Albany, New York. Oh okay, yeah, long drive. And Holy I had, crap. I had uh, Butthole Surfers, Hairway to Steven. <laughs> I had R.E.M. Out of Time, and I had mm. Beastie Boys, Check Your Head. And I just was sat in the back of the car and just played this through. I mean, how many miles and how many hours that drive is. Check I, Your I, Head, man. That's an intoxicating record. Oh, still, to this day. That's Rick, Rick Rubin produced that, right? Or he was on that? Um, like, running the faders? Uh, I think so. I think so. Yeah. I have to, I know he did, I know he did the first he did two, the and then at some point they kind of broke off from each other. Yeah. I got that book and I started it, and I know there's a documentary coming out, but, yeah. or was it Run DMC? I know there was the falling out with Rick Rubin, and it was either falling out with Run DMC or falling out with Beastie Boys at some point. Yeah, it was but, one of them, I know Rick Rubin was up on it. Yeah, he used to be a, a rap guy before he was a, a yeah. metal guy. Yeah, he's run, whatever, walking on the big old boombox. Yeah. So is this is this big side record and this band is it a is it a different sound from your earlier bands or is it just kind of a, a an evolution or how would you describe it compared to the previous work you've done? Um, you know, it, it's it's funny. It is kind of different. Um, it's because I've always played with um a a drummer who's a great drummer, um, and he just plays a certain style. Yeah. So playing with Sean, he he just plays a different style. Right. So, yeah, I think it does have a little bit different sound. And then I, I've been listening to a lot of bands that have been pushing me. Who you listening to? I, honestly, man, I, you know, I, I've been listening two bands that I can think of the last couple of years that I listened to. One's an older band. I love Tilt Wheel. That's a band from San Diego. Tilt Wheel? Yeah, Tilt Wheel. Oh, I love them. They're so I'll great. Check them out. And, um, but I, I, that Idols record a couple years Greg's ago. Greg's all over that stuff, man. He's, yeah. He's, yeah, that yeah. Idol's record just yeah. fucking blew me away, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah, that's, and, been, um, that's been a hot, a hot one out there. I love the attitude in it and just, yeah, that guy's great. So you guys play live. I know you play all over the state. Have you gone outside of the state with, with Big Sad? Um, we have a goal, too. Yeah, we, this year we want to try to do some stuff. Um, trying to get it planned out. We could go up to New York. I have a friend. She lives in Brooklyn. Okay. And, and she's, like, putting together a new band. So I want I can go up there and see her and stay with them, and uh, so yeah we're we're trying to take this summer and do something. So you, you either do like maybe like six shows up north and back, um, wow. or maybe go out west. Our friends out west are always doing like little festivals and stuff. Yeah. So maybe go out to San Diego and do a few shows up and down. Maybe go to L.A. So come back down south. Switching gears a little bit, let's talk about the photography. Um, you said you grew up. There was always cameras around. How did that kind of uh, grow from, you know, cameras around to, you know, becoming the guy locally to, to shoot, you know, live music? Man, um, okay, okay, so, like, having, having cameras around, I always wanted to, like, document stuff, and sure. then with video, um, we used to have these, like, video cameras, uh, I think, they weren't even high eights, they were just old, like, VHS cameras. Right. And, um, 
as a kid, again, being an only child, I would just be by myself a lot. And my father lived in Miami at eight, the age of eight, my mother and dad split. So. Oh, so you were back and forth between them. Yeah, so okay. like a whole summer I'd be down in Miami and my dad would work full time. Great dad. It wasn't like, I didn't have like a kind of, I didn't have this bad childhood where parents were like shitty right. to me or anything. I actually was like super like loved and stuff by my parents. Um, but you know, whatever, they didn't get along. So <laughs> it was in different cities. Right. And at my dad's, I'd get bored. So I'd bring my skateboard down. Shoot skate videos? Well, no. Uh, well, I, I, mean, I was like eight or 10. I'd take, I was, I was being by myself. Yeah. So I really didn't do much of that, but what I do is I'd make these little stop action videos. Oh wow. On the VHS, so I take like Star Wars figures and line them up and have them walking around and oh, shit. Oh for sure, yeah. And make little mini movies and show them to my dad at night. And then from that, I just like taking pictures of stuff. <clears throat> but I didn't really pursue it. I I got into other things, and I kind of had this epiphany about uh, about a year ago. Um, we didn't really talk about the Berkeley scene, but like. Um, a scene that really influenced me a lot too was the you know with like Crimshine uh -huh. and Neurosis and all these bands from Berkeley. Oh God, Neurosis! I um, love Neurosis. I know, yeah, so good. So all, there's so many good bands from that from that that area in that town, and um, like Op Ivy, of course, Crimshine. You know, yeah. everybody knows yeah. Green Day. Yeah. But um, there's a they they made a documentary called Turn It Around, I believe. Okay. And it's a documentary on that Berkeley scene, and I remember you know they talked to like Aaron Comet Bus and all these people you know. From, from that that time until now. And th there was a guy, and actually he just passed, man. I forget his name. But he was always shooting pictures. Uh -huh. And uh, I was looking at this documentary, and most of the stills were his. Yeah. And I was like, you know, how important is this guy's work? Right. He's, he fucking took all these photos cause, just because he liked it. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, he didn't really talk to many people. Yeah. But had it not been for him, you couldn't visualize what's being told. Well, if you look right there, the bottom book, uh, Glennie Friedman, it's the bottom one. He did oh, He wow. did. He did a lot of the Dogtown and Z-Boys. He did the Beastie Boys. He did Run DMC. I oh, mean, shit. He's got Black Flag, Minor Threat. I mean, oh, yeah. everybody that we're talking about is in that book. And uh, so very similar to what you're talking about. Wow, wow. Actually, I need to check this yeah, out. Yeah, take, take a look at that. Yeah, this is super cool. Yeah, yeah. So, like, basically on that, right, um, I just thought to myself, and now, mind you, there are great photographers in Tampa. Music yeah. photographers, like, and I will tell you locally photographers that have influenced me, I'll tell you two off the top of my head. One is my friend Nicole Kibbert. Okay. And she actually lives in Atlanta now. Okay. And she's, like, iconic to me because she's been doing it forever. Like, if you go to her Flickr, yeah. there's, like, hundreds hundreds of shows and a lot of times it's like one band and there's like fucking like 10 sets yeah and uh she's photographed me a lot and i'm all my bands over the years and she's just and she's straight edge like she didn't drink yeah, yeah. She, she's a lawyer oh really yeah i think oh, wow. she i think she does like contract law like oh, something sounds sounds pretty sharp yeah. <laughs> she's like sharp as, a, as an arrow so yeah so there's her um you know there's like todd fixler um any of that musicians though, because that's what I want to ask you about. I don't know any photographers that are musicians, and but, but there's a photographer who, and he still shoots all the time. His name's Matt Voller. Okay. And um, he is just badass because he's just like, and he's kind of like the way I like to shoot. He he inspires the hell out of me. I mean, he and I, like like when I started shooting, he's like, yeah yeah yeah, and he kind of put me up on, you know, settings and stuff, <clears throat> and and I like basically I shoot. Um. Like the when, when I'm shooting, because I, I play music. So I'm well, this, just, this I, is the, this is this is why I asked you that question because I would wager that you being a musician adds something to your eye, knowing, you know, knowing not. I mean, even just knowing what looks cool. I mean, there's just a certain like rock star shots that. Well, yeah, because yeah, because it's like my whole life. I'm like, man, I would take a, if I was gonna take my picture, I would I wouldn't take it like I wouldn't take yeah. a picture of me playing. Like, I wouldn't take a one-point perspective. For sure, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I want that camera, like, at the fucking base of my bridge. Oh, yeah. Just staring straight up yeah, to the nut of my guitar. Well, so I've seen a lot of your stuff on Facebook and I think on Instagram, and it's very rich. There's a lot of shade. There's a lot of darkness, a lot of color. There's a depth to it. And it's very cool. I mean, I don't know these other photographers that you're talking about, so I can't contrast your style to theirs. But yeah, yeah. you definitely have a look, which I think is really cool, especially since, you know, it sounds like you've not been doing this you know, professionally for a super long time, but I mean, there's, you definitely have a style already. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, is that I intentional mean, or is just that kind of well, how it's happened? I mean, as far as framing and composition goes, 
I've always kind of seen things a certain way. Yeah. And what I love about a camera and and is that you can and the film's cheap now. See, back film used to be expensive, but now you can it's, you don't you just shoot digital and you can delete what you don't Are want. Are you a Nikon or a Canon guy? I, I'm I'm a Canon shooter. Okay. Not because I don't not because I dislike Nikon because Nikon's great. Well, this mirrorless thing started a whole new deal. Is your mirrorless oh, or no? No, I'm just still shooting. I so I, I <clears throat> so, so so Sony's big mirrorless. Yeah. And that seems like when people are mirrorless, they go Sony. Yeah. I know Nikon and Canon have a mirrorless body out now, uh, but no, I'm shooting uh, just a regular uh, full frame 60 Mark II. Um, I had a mirrorless Canon and I didn't like it. And the reason why, if I was going to shoot mirrorless, I'd probably go Sony. Uh huh. Only because they've kind of like mastered that. They created it. But shit, I've got all this glass. It's Canon glass. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. Well, it's true. Now, there's some lenses that I... So I told you before that my wife's a photographer. And so any knowledge I have about it came from her. And usually Christmas or birthdays, I'm going on uh, B BH or whatever the website BH? is. BH? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's my place. Yeah, no, getting her... Uh, you don't even know what my credit line is. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> a nifty 50 or uh, whatever the, you know... She's, but they've got some that are, uh, what do you call them, like universal lenses that you can, you can, yeah, look in I don't know if they're yeah, good. Yeah, but. yeah, you, no, it's true. You can use adapters and stuff. Um, and I'm sure they work. I've just read where electronic wise, like if you have a Sony lens on a Canon body, uh, loses something in the translation. Yeah, and I've heard maybe the focus doesn't work as good. I'm sure you would be okay with it. But yeah, I just stayed in the Canon family though. Are you changing lenses during a show or do you pick one and go with it? Um, Sometimes I do. So, like, if, if I'm using flash and I'm shooting small shows, like, I shot last night and I shot the night before. I know you. I, uh, I read your uh, timeline yesterday, so I appreciate oh you God. coming in here. You had, like, eight days in the course of one day. Dude, I, I left that show and went straight to the granite shop because we had a machine that failed. Yeah. And I had to run production for, I had, like, four people coming in to work. And, and they had to do their job, and I'm the person that fixes all that yeah. stuff. And yeah, so I had to like I had to basically take all these parts and it's, it was like building a bomb, yeah. this giant yeah. crazy thing. But um, yeah, yeah, it was crazy. So, but like yeah, when I shoot the smaller shows, I'll shoot my my wide lens. It's actually a lens I bought for shooting real estate, but it's killer yeah. for shows because it's like really fucking wide. Well, that's what I was wondering. I mean, can you bring your nice stuff to a show? I mean, with people bumping into you and sweat and, you know, yeah. guitar heads swinging around and every other kind of thing. Yeah, I just guard my shit pretty good. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, growing up in punk rock shows, having to you take care of yourself. Got a bag and keep it under your arm. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. That's badass. So have where's your work been shown? I mean, obviously, I've seen it on social media, and, I'm, and you do it for creative loafing too, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So, um... um Ray, um, he's uh, he's always been like super supportive, and uh, you know, and all my music and he's stuff. He's an amazing guy. I just, he's such a nice guy. He's great. He's yeah. such a great person, and and he he's like a rising tide floats all boats kind of yeah, thinker, yeah. where he just wants to see everybody around him do good. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't ask a lot from people, but he gives a lot. That's awesome. You know? It's That's such awesome. a he's such a great guy. Yeah. And um, yeah, me personally, I know, <clears throat> you know, when I got new up, up a a bit of things happened, and then I turned my life around kind of at the last minute, um, he and I, we would talk a little bit because I was coming back in music. Yeah. Because I had to come up basically, you know, from scratch. Right, restart. Yeah, and um, so I started doing projects and bands, and he and I would talk a little bit. And I've always been intrigued by people that do, like, basically what you do, like what you're doing now. Like, mm -hmm. like you know, it's one thing to have a conversation. It's another thing to know how to ask a question. And I just listen. You know, people have asked me that, and all I say is I, I drive a ton for work, and so I consume hours and hours and hours of podcasts i probably listen to four or five in a day you like mark, so, mark maron stuff mark i listen to every one of them he's my he's hero great. he's my favorite i was bummed i didn't get to see him when he came here but my i got to it was a good excuse i got to go to england and scotland with my wife which was which was badass but uh he's my favorite i'm actually in the process of trying to get the mics that he uses to to get the sound a little bit better but uh yeah mark maron joe rogan then there's a couple music ones there's turn out a punk there's you should listen to Crash Bang Boom if you haven't heard of it. It's a, it's all drummers. And oh, it's all no way. punk and hardcore drummers. And they got Neurosis Drummer on there. They've got Ben Kohler from Converge. And, no shit. Uh, yeah, just badass stuff. And then Conan O'Brien's got a great podcast. You know, so I just... I love the podcasts are killer, man. I love it. It's the best thing ever. I actually met with a guy from one of the local radio stations today. Uh, another attorney, they had reached out to him about doing a podcast. And I talked to them about it. And, I, you know, I wasn't sure what it was going to lead to. It didn't... You know, they, they were just basically saying that they'd host it for me. But in any event, he was asking me why I do it. And I was like, it, it's my kind of punk band. It's kind of my, yeah. you know, skateboarding. It's my, I can't really do anything. You know, you got a, you got a little girl now. I got a, a boy and a girl. And it's like, 
I come home with a broken arm, my wife's going to beat the shit out oh, of me. Oh, dude, I know? go skating now? Yeah, I grew up skating. It's like, I, I can't walk for a fucking week. I went to Skate Park of Tampa about a year ago and tried to skate the Stone Park in between the two. <laughs> yeah. and I, just ate, I have it on video. I just ate it big time, and I still, my shoulder hurts from it. But uh, So anyway, I love it, and I was just like, I love it, and that's why I do it. So, you know, if you love something, you know, it's not a job, so... Yeah. Like like you with the photography and you with the music, so. Yeah, I totally love it. Like, it's fun. I mean, it with the music, I don't really try to monetize it as much because it's more like just an outlet to be creative. Yeah. And how old's your daughter? Um, she is, um, she's 13. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. so you're, 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 you're old hat at this. You, you've been, you've figured it out. Yeah, she's pretty, she's really self-sufficient. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm so lucky and grateful that. Our that, daughter's that, the, the best. Oh God, yeah, she's amazing, and her, her mom's equally as amazing, and yeah, I, I, yeah, it's a uh, it's amazing. You know, I had such a intense love for my wife that I was like, I don't know what bringing a, a, another person into this is gonna do. And then we had my daughter, and it's hard to say this without it sounding weird, but it's almost like a second wife. Like it is. Like you bicker, and like they call you on your shit, and they'll and say the same things your wife say to you. Oh, for sure. They'll, <laughs> they'll the rat you thing. out. They'll rat you out. I'm always telling my daughters like snitches get stitches. You know, stop telling. They'll, they'll rat you out yeah. right in front of. Oh, you. They'll be like, it's hey, like, daddy just said this. You just asked me for a lollipop that she said no to, and I gave it to you, and you turned around and told her about it. It's like that's not happening anymore. Dude, I, that that's, that only that happens to you too. Oh, for sure. I, I had learned my lesson with that. I'm like, anything I say to you, it's like at work. So <laughs> like, so then I have my daughter. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I didn't know I had the capacity for this love in me. And then my wife, you know, I was fine with just one kid. And my wife was like, originally, she she wasn't sure she wanted to have kids. And, you know, I wanted to be a young dad because my dad, when he had me, was 38. And I always felt like he was a lot older than yeah. all the other fathers. But lo and behold, I had my daughter when I was 38 years old. And then... You know, I was like, I was like, I'm all in with her, and then she started talking about, do you want to have another one? And I, you guys like, have two, right? Two. We have a little boy who's who I think is going to be a killer musician, by the way. Um, he, he, I'll show you videos and pictures of kids on a keyboard, on the drums, oh on yeah, the guitar. He knows how to hold it. He knows how to strum it. He stomps his foot. But anyway, yeah, yeah, right on. So, I was like, I feel like I'm cheating on my daughter by having a second kid. I don't think I can. I, you know, I feel like it's going to have to take something away. But luckily, we had a boy, so now I got one of each, and it's a whole other thing. Because you get to watch your daughter nurture the boy. Yeah, they love each other. They're so sweet oh, to each other. And cool. plus, you know, my, both my parents are gone now, and you know, I, I kind of want them to have a family that that survives my wife and I. Yeah. And you, you never know what the future holds, but you know, probability is is that she's going to have her brother after my wife and I are gone. And I just having having family in the world, you know, having a having a spouse or a significant other. You know, someone that goes yeah. through life with is great, but have family that kind of goes through it with you too. I just think that's really important. Yeah. So, what does she think of you as far as your uh, music career and your photography and all that? She care? Um, <clears throat> Greg, she, Greg's like his kids, uh, could, his daughters could care less. They don't get, you know. I, I know, I know. I, I heard that. It's funny. I, I was I was listening to that yesterday. Um, I with Kira Sky, it's she actually like. When, I try not to ever really promote anything I'm doing. Yeah. Because I know with kids. Yeah. Like, they're going to be like, uh, so I just kind of let her ask me about stuff. So, yeah, it's funny. With, like, when my band plays and stuff, she's just, like, like I opened up for Tim Berry last year. Okay. And, um, and you know, so Melissa and her came to Crowbar. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I kind of did, did my thing, and my daughter's just like, you know, like, kind of yawn. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it was super cool. And then we're in the back, and kind of like, Tim, he doesn't really like, like to get out. He likes to just chill out, you know, kind of in the, like, yeah, side yeah. room, the green room thing. And I'm just hanging out with him, and... We're just talking about old days because our old bands used to like play with everybody them. knows each other yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's old kind of like old friends and stuff so i'm back there with melissa and kira sky and i'm like yo kira sky this is my buddy tim barry plays in this great band of bell and she's like oh, okay whatever and she just starts asking him questions yeah, like, yeah. like so what do you do yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like kids are great man I, not... I introduced my daughter to flavor Flav last night because i don't know if you saw that video i saw the promo yeah so try explaining flavor Flav to a six-year-old oh yeah <laughs> she was like she just looked at me perplexed, and I was like, "You have to understand, there was this band that he was in, and he's kind of been around. And he wears these big clocks, and you know, all this." Hey, stuff. so how'd you meet Flavor Flav last night? Sorry, oh, I know. I, there, it's all, it's all, a, it's all a ruse. It's that cameo. Have you seen that app cameo? No. So there's an app cameo. You can spend like a hundred bucks and have these people send you videos. So the way I found out about it is, so I'm, I'm, I'm a big, bigger dude. I'm six four, and I'm pushing two ninety, and. 
my wife's always like, you know, you gotta, you gotta watch your weight because you're gonna have a heart attack. Or you're gonna, I mean, yeah, she, yeah. she's very cool about it, but she's worried about me. Yeah, yeah. And so she's always trying to motivate me. And so one day I came home and she goes, "Do you know who Gary Holt is?" And I was like, yeah, he's a guitarist for Slayer and Exodus. And she's like, well, here you go. And she put this video. I'll just show it to you later. She had Gary Holt on there. He's like, hey, Josh, you know, I heard you're you know, a lawyer. That's pretty cool. I never had the chance to go to law school. And, you know, you love guitars and you love metal. And that's awesome. And you're trying to lose weight and all this other stuff. I was like, fucking Whoa. Gary Holt's talking to me on the phone. So then if you go through there, there's this crazy people. Like Caitlyn Jenner, you know, Bruce. Yeah, Bruce yeah. Jim, he's, he's like 2,500 bucks. But there's all these people. There's musicians and wrestlers and actors and all stuff and oh and they'll do promos yeah too. i was trying to tell michael j wolf you should get 50 bucks here and there to shoot a promo for somebody i mean oh shit yeah so anyways the next one i want to do is gary Busey because i did gilbert gottfried and his that was, gilbert gottfried's hilarious gilbert gottfried flavor so i'm trying to find these people that kind of occupy this certain kind of you see the aspect ratio gilbert gottfried's just like close he's, up yeah, right hard up ass nose, light right up his nose right up his nose oh that fucking uh yeah. low-res cell phone yeah, yeah. it's hilarious man but it's you know it is it's, they did it for me and i figure that's badass how I, much i have to spend on marketing my law firm i mean if i had to get someone to do that for my law firm it would be five thousand dollars oh my god yeah so i mean do it for your do it for big set that shit's terrible that shit's um it's it, it, it's funny as yeah. hell man anyway well, uh, I know we've done about an hour and we've kind of covered all the bases. I really appreciate you coming in. So what does the future hold? How can people find you, either your photography or your band online? Are you on Bandcamp? Are you on any streaming services? Do you have a um, website or anything like that? So, yeah, with uh, Big Sad, um, the uh, the record in about, when it quote-unquote drops, <laughs> it'll it'll be uh, on Spotify. All, all, all your premium streaming services will okay. be on. Um, Bandcamp stuff's getting all set up. Uh, you can order everything through uh, Rad Girlfriend Records. Okay. Um, their catalog and it's 150. Have already gone to distro uh, okay. internationally. It's a great, great looking album. And too. Uh, thanks, thanks. Yeah, that's yeah. an artist. Uh, Who did North. that? I was gonna ask. It's an artist from I think that artist is up in Mass. Okay. And uh, he's just the friends of our drummer, so I think he'll be our artist for everything. And we're actually got about 13 new songs that we got in the works. In addition to this. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. This stuff we've got like all scrapped around, so we're, we're trying to put it all that together. So yeah, you can get that through there. As far as me and my photography goes, you can always follow me on Creative Loafing. Um, I'm always there, you know, doing stuff for them creatively. And then Dave, um, I'm creating a business name, model, and all that kind of stuff um, for my real estate photography. But right now, I'm. Just... I would. It would be so cool if you you could do like I would love to do like an exhibition of like concert photography. I think that would be badass and have some bands play and stuff like that. You know, I'm so fascinated by all the genres, right? So yeah. like, there's you know, there's like architectural, there's landscape, there's you know, there's fine art, uh -huh. there's um, you know, concert. So like, I, I would totally in like a year, I want to put together my 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 best shots yeah. from music to like anything like street photography stuff like that. And yeah, I want to try to do like a gallery, like an opening maybe. Let me know, maybe man. I'll curious. sponsor it. I'll do a, Dude, a live yeah. feed from there. We can have Wolfface and Big Sad play. Oh, and... shit. And, and, and then also what I want to get into like professionally is, uh, you know, I want to do the real estate thing, but I want to transition into more like design type photography and architectural. Oh, for sure. Like tilt shift lenses. And... Oh, for sure. Do you ever get back to Miami? I, I got to imagine that's huge down there. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Do you have yeah. any connections down there anymore? Or? Um, not really. Um, yeah. no, I mean, there's probably, you know, people doing show. We have friends down there actually. Yeah. Now are you guys playing any shows coming up? Yes, we are. We're playing, um, two shows. We've got a show going on at Hoochin Hive on, I believe the seventh with okay. a band called, uh, Moon Thing and a band called, um, um, I can't pronounce her name, but they're, <laughs> it's okay. Text me later and I'll put it in the, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On sorry, media. sorry. No, it's no, it's no problem. And then, um, we're doing the lucky you fest, which oh, is wow. going to be on the 13th and that's at lucky you tattoo. Okay. And, uh, yeah, that'll be killer. Like that's just awesome. a whole bunch of local bands and uh, yeah, we're going to play also Frank from the Alps is our keyboard player. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So Frank is on that record. So, I, I did. I did. I heard some keys on on one or two of the songs. Yeah, Frank actually engineered that record, and um, and he put keys because I, I didn't want another guitar player. I wanted a keyboard player. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so he's like, all right, I'll play keyboard. So and he's great. You I mean, like Tom Petty? Yeah, I oh, love man, Tom Petty. The keys in that band are insane. Yeah. So good. Um. Well, anyway, thank you so much for stopping by, especially after the the forty eight hours that you've the marathon that you've gone through. I really <laughs> appreciate. It. I've been trying to get you on for a while. Um, and uh, anyway, guys, check out Big Sad. Check out Dave's photography and creative loafing and wherever else you, you, you'll find it. And uh, thank you so much for coming in. 
Thanks, Josh. Thanks right. for having me, man. Right. Have a good night.